Hi, I'm Lori Denning, and this is my podcast, The 20-Minute Scriptorian, where I explore LDS scripture and doctrine for the Come Follow Me curriculum for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Like most of you, I'm a typical Latter-day Saint, and I've held a variety of callings, from gospel doctrine teacher to institute. I've always loved learning and sharing the scriptures of Christ. Recently, I went back to school, and I'm currently a theology student where I get to learn context, history, ancient languages, and more importantly, how to learn. I thought you might want to share in what I was learning, and the 20-minute scriptorian was born. While I am a believer, these thoughts are my own, and they are not an official representation of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks for listening, and join me on the journey as we explore the scriptures and the path of the disciple of Christ. Welcome back, Scriptorians. So we're headed into the final part of Lehi's vision of the Tree of Life and now Nephi's. Now remember, as we go in, that we've already studied a little bit of this. We've tried to come at it for the first few weeks. And so if you haven't had a chance to go back and get the all about section and, and kind of lead up to it. But if you've already done that, let's jump into the chapters, really past chapter eight, next on the 20-minute Scriptorian. Okay. One note, uh, I was sitting talking with some friends about this, uh, you know, like you probably do with your friends about scriptures, is that we were talking about a couple things that tend to happen. Um, one of them was sometimes when we read the scriptures, I, I've seen this a ton on social media lately, and I was really like, why do we do that? We uh, dig into like a verse, and then someone will say, I saw a thing, like they use the word the instead of a, uh. they use the direct um article and so the indirect article and it changed the meaning and I I uh, just want to caution us as scriptorians that while that has valid validity this kind of minuscule approach I think sometimes we miss the bigger point so I want to encourage us to look instead of looking smaller into the smaller quotation method look at the bigger picture say what's going on in this big picture what is the Lord trying to tell us in the big picture narrative rather than there's some secret hidden if only I knew what the grammar meant especially with grammar, because foreign languages don't always mean the same thing. You'll see the printer's manuscript and things like that of the Book of Mormon as well, that, um, as well as the Bible, where little words will be changed. And I, I don't think that's where the secrets of understanding the gospel lies. If I only knew where that comma was, I think it's going to be, hey, look at the big picture. So let's do that together. Okay, so since we did a lot of chapter 8 and, and things, I just want to go through a practice that I tried to do to see in my personal study. So I went back through these chapters again, and I have uh, uh, just like Microsoft OneNote, and I just type like an outline, and I'm not trying to see anything particular, but I just try to say what is going on in this big flow. The first thing I, I looked at was where the chapters break. Now remember I mentioned um, quite a while ago, I think in the first Nephi chapter one section, that Nephi had these chapters that we have right now, Orson Hyde put in later, uh, with the chapters and the verses and scripture doesn't come with chapters and verses right <laughs> people don't write like that and they certainly didn't write like that either anciently or really anciently so there's no punctuation there are no paragraphs there are no verses we put those in later and those are really good tools so I'm not saying don't use those but I wanted to look at in the original plates um, you could see where Nephi had seven chapters in first Nephi so he only had seven chapters instead of 22 chapters or whatever. So <clears throat> I wanted to see where he broke it because he's trying to tell us a story. And the first one 
was he wrote through chapter five. So one through five is kind of chapter one. And then he writes um, another break and goes out through um, eight and nine only. So chapter two is chapter what we have chapter eight, nine. And then chapter three is 10 through 14. So I tried to look at him in those blocks because I think Nephi was trying to tell us something if he was the writer to kind of keep these blocked together. So let's do that really quickly. So eight and nine. Um, you know the story, so I don't want to go through the who, what, when, where, but I did outline it and, you know, you always see new things, so it's good practice start there. But eight and nine goes like something like this. The family of Lehi gather seeds of every kind and then Lehi has a vision or a dream. <laughs> okay. I can't even keep talking. What? And so first, when I was younger, I would see the story and go, okay, yeah, they're gathering seeds because it's a very practical story, right? They're going to be traveling to the um, Western Hemisphere at some point, and we already know that. Um, so, you know, spoiler alert, they're going to leave the Arabian Peninsula. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, they're gathering or they're living in a tent that's telling us something, just, you know, normal day life, you know. <laughs> but watch this. He's going to go on and on about gathering seeds. And then when he he's going to end chapter his next chapter with this idea um, that that Nephi is writing on small plates, what we call the small plates of Nephi rather than the large plates. So Nephi takes this weird aside in the middle of the stream to say, oh, by the way, I am not writing everything my father saw. I'm only writing um, there are all the history part. And I wrote that in different plates. But these small plates, we call them that. He doesn't call them that. But these other plates I'm writing tell the things of salvation and ministry. And he says, and they are directed by the Lord for a wise purpose. And God makes a way to accomplish his promises. He's like, I don't know why I'm writing these kind of copying this stuff again. Then at the next chapter, at the end of chapter, um, uh, is it 14? It's not quite that long, actually, uh, that far in. Nephi finishes up with this concept. He tells kind of the whole mission of Christ. And he ends with an interesting part of the story. He talks about a land of promise, that the house of Israel is going to be scattered like seeds. (laughs) And then he's going to say that after they should be scattered, they'd be gathered, and that the Gentiles will receive the gospel, and that the branches and the remnant will be grafted in and come to the knowledge of the Messiah. He's going to use this, they were gathering seeds, as a metaphor, this allegory throughout the whole thing of the remnant of Joseph, this remnant of Israel, them being taken out of Jerusalem and going to the Western Hemisphere. And then even these small plates, they are the way that the Lord is going to use to bring the family back together again and his promises of the, the Abrahamic promises of the priesthood and a promised land and a people for the Lord. So the seeds just jumped out at me this time. And I was like, oh, we keep talking about these seeds and the remnant and the family and the branches. Oh, so awesome. Then, then I got caught up in the dream, right? So that's the next part. So then Lehi has a vision or a dream and he does this weird aside that he doesn't, he, he makes a conclusion immediate. Like, I'm really glad for, for Nephi and Sam but man I am really worried about Laman and Lemuel because of the dream so you know that conclusion before you even read in so you're not like oh I they didn't go you know you know how the story goes Laman and Lemuel don't even go and partake of the fruit they don't even try it um 
And he's like, man, I am super worried about them. And you're going to see this theme, this exact theme, go through the end of First Nephi as well. So let's, um, let me point out one other thing on that that struck me. As you go into the Isaiah chapters, you're going to notice that Nephi is going to use, instead of the dream, he's going to use Isaiah's teachings to teach his brothers. He's going to do the same thing, and he's going to try to teach them about the seed, the remnant, and that they're the remnant, and they will be saved. And it, it, it ends with, I think it's First Nephi 21, where the brothers are considering it. They're like, you know, Laman and Lemuel are thinking about it. And then it goes into the deep part of Isaiah. I think it's the same idea that we see here is that the, Nephi is writing to tell us what the point of these stories are. The seed is going to be saved and that this is how the Lord is going to save his people. Insert vision of salvation of the Lord. Then Nephi is going to be telling about Isaiah and the remnant. And this is all prophesied and the brothers are going to be considering it. There's hope. There's hope for them. And then if you take another step out from the Book of Mormon, you realize that's the story of the Nephite story as well. They don't make it, right? They fall in disbelief and are destroyed. And who's left? Laman and Lemuel's family. And they're considering it. And go back to the title page. This is for the Lamanites and the Jew and the Gentile that Jesus is the Christ. This is for us, right, to know. It's for the Lamanites. This is for us, the Jews and the Gentiles, to say Jesus is the Christ and these this is the story of this covenant of the Lord loving us and bringing his, his son to the earth to save us. And this is the story. And like Laman and Lemuel, we're pondering it. We're like, oh. And yet through this remnant, through the Book of Mormon, we will be saved. Oh, awesome stuff. So anyway, I, I guess I that seed idea and then how he kind of begins and ends these chapters, he seems to be reiterating this, reiterating this. Okay. We did the dream a little bit. There's so much material. I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm hesitant to jump in. There are people that are wiser than me, um, and people can see a lot of their own lives. But I outlined that, and, and remember in the first part of the vision, Lehi has some interpretation, but then when you get to Nephi in chapter 10, you get more. So you see this a very um, common parallel. There's a visionary person and then there's the interpreter on this time Lehi has his and then Nephi has his so let's go to the next one I do want to end again though on chapter 9 um ask yourself this chapter 9 pops in here so 8 is the vision and then chapter 9 is like this weird aside that Nephi's like relates again they're in a tent and they're in this all happened when they were in the wilderness okay what okay weird and then he just says and there are these multiple plates like, it's this editorial chapter right in the middle of this vision. Why would you break that up? Why Why is he telling us that? I don't have a great answer, but I've been really thinking about this because this one struck me as super strange that in the middle of this Lehi stream and then Nephi's, Nephi's vision, ah, I can't even say it, Lehi and then Nephi, there's this aside, and I think it's because he wants to underline, he's like highlighting it for us, that these vision and these plates are for a wise purpose and they're going to be to teach the remnant what they need to know and then he's going to say and then it turns from Lehi's story to Nephi's story 
And here's where the page turns. Wham! We're now into Nephi's story. So chapters 10 through 11, Nephi begins this, his reign, his ministry, his calling. Yes, he's witnessed Lehi. Lehi's still the patriarch of the family and um, prophetically leading them. But it's going to be very soon that Nephi is now leading them. And here is where it begins. And Nephi tells us that. Now I'm going to tell you my story where he receives his prophetic call. He's not just getting a witness of what Lehi is saying. He's getting his own. So Lehi finishes telling us his dream. He encourages the family to be diligent. And he tells the Jews will be carried away and Jerusalem will be destroyed. And then an interesting story, right? Lehi goes into depth about the the rest. A prophet's going to come, a Messiah, he says, a savior of the world to come 600 years later. The prophets, all these many prophets have spoken on the main thing about a Messiah and a Redeemer. Um, and that should strike us a little bit unique if we have kind of our brass plates or, or, or uh, Hebrew scriptures, the Old Testament. It's in there, but it's a little bit harder to see. So he's saying, no, that's what they've been prophesying all along. Man, where, where did that stuff go, right? Sad that we, that has gotten lost. But he's saying this is what the whole point was about. But then he tells us something that's going to happen in the future He's going to say another prophet's going to come. He's going to prepare the way. He's unworthy to unloose the Savior's sandals. He, and then a couple of bullets where he's going to baptize in Bethabara, where, by the way, is where the Israelites crossed the River Jordan. Um, they built a little altar of stones with the 12. They cross over, and then um, and they're, it's separated like the Red Sea. This is when they inherit the Promised Land. Again, another t- if you're going to hear so much about covenants in the Promised Land, right? Because that's what the Nephites are about. That's what we're about. So he's saying the Savior's going to come. He's going to lead us to a promised land. Yes, here, but also eternally, right? The whole point of the gospel is to lead us back to the Lord's presence. Uh, this uh, this prophet he was talking about will baptize the Messiah. Interesting, right? Baptism's right here. He will. Uh, they will bear record that uh, it's the Lamb of God. And then you see that phrase, Lamb of God. We saw it in Revelation um, and the Book of Mormon is going to use it as one of the main titles of Christ. You don't see that as heavily in other scripture, but the Book of Mormon really clues in that is the Lamb who will take away the sins of the world. So they use the term, um, the prophets really key in on this. It's this prophecy, this Lamb of God. The Jews will falter. Gentiles will prosper in the gospel. Then the analogy of another analogy of an olive tree and branches scattered. And then a really those important verses about a land of promise, house of Israel scattered, and they'd be gathered again. Um, just to finish up, we're kind of all, we're always out of time. I always have so much to say. Um, but I think this important, uniquely important Lehi and Nephi point is about a remnant, this remnant of Joseph, this um, saving, the saving ordinances, the Lord is going to save his people. When you go back through... Uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament, one of the common themes you're going to see is is exile. They've been sent into exile. You'll see it in Daniel. You'll see it throughout a lot of the Jewish scriptures that they're taken away from their lands, taken away from the temple. They're taken away and then you know, they're still kind of hoping to come back and how to live as an exile. The Book of Mormon takes that and talks more about deliverance, the land of a remnant and a salvation being brought back the gathering so there's a really common theme as opposed to exile is a gathering it's the positive spin so instead of one day we're living among you know the 
the, the people that aren't our own, we are a remnant gathering in. We're gathering um, Israel. And we know President Nelson talked, even in the last conference, a lot about that. This is the time of the actual gathering. This is it. So I have seen that it just, just popped out at me a ton, a ton as I went through. Okay, let's ask a couple of questions about these. Um, as you start going through these scriptures, uh, that's kind of the who, what, why, and then some of the allegory, the allegory of seeds and family, the allegory of scattering and gathering. Um, and then we obviously see uh, important information about this, the scriptures and Nephi's story being now written. Uh, and then we see these important, important underlined revelations of Lehi about the Savior and his mission as the Lamb of, of God who will take away the sins of the world. Why do they see that? Why are they blessed with that vision? Why did that meaning about Christ being born, um, John the Baptist being baptized, and then um, his mission, and then and then how that mission goes through with the Gentiles and that? Why why did they see basically the story of the New Testament? Why did they see that? Do you think? Well, I don't know why, but one thought that came to mind was they don't have the New Testament. So this is their, they are, are blessed with that same testimony that we have in the New Testament they receive through a prophet. Because again, they're in the New World Hemisphere, and those stories are just as important. So they see those same things. So that's, that really struck me. I was like, well, that's awesome. They basically get the New Testament right here because um, they weren't able to get it uh, by living in uh, the, the Eastern Hemisphere. So cool. And then we... We go again through the allegories of the scattering and the remnants of Israel. And you're going to see this. You're going to see this. This goes all the way through Captain Moroni and his, um, and when he, you know, writes on his coat in the title of Liberty, he talks about being a remnant and he rips off a remnant of his coat and he writes on it. We're a remnant of Jacob. <laughs> this theme goes over and over and over and over and over and over in the Book of Mormon. And if you haven't seen it, You'll never see it differently again because it's in every other verse. The Lord is saving his people. The Savior, the Lamb of God is coming, and he promised it to the whole family of the earth, and you are part of it. You aren't the ones that just left Jerusalem and are separate. The Lord remembers you. He remembers your people, and here's the story of the Book of Mormon, and we hold it today in our hands so that we too can be saved. Right now, we have these same covenants, such a powerful story about the message of the Redeemer, right? He is coming to save us. All right, Scriptorians, that's it for First Nephi. Um, we'll probably go through, I guess, about chapter 10 or 11. Um, keep on reading. Next week, we will head off into back into some of the uh, less of the prophecies and more of the story of Nephi.
that someone uh, that everyone should read. All right, one quick story before we go into how to study a little bit more. 